Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special New Year's message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. 1 Kings chapter 2 we're going to move about in Kings, but uh, we'll start right here and, uh, in chapter 2. Uh, before we get going in Kings, I want to read you something. If we find it in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, don't turn there. I have it for you on the screen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 in verses 1 through 8. Solomon writes, To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Y'all looking at the screen, you follow me? A time to weep and a time to do what, saints? A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent. Some of y'all need to listen. A time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time of love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. These are the words of Solomon, who was the writer, and these words are for every person, in every place, in every circumstance, everywhere. Listen, everything has a season. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we're always entering different seasons in life. And different life events lead to different seasons in life. You enter a new season when you get a new job. You enter a new season when you get married. Are you listening? You enter a new season when you get married. You enter a new season when you have a, your first baby. Now, the season's not so new when you have your second baby. Am I right about it? You need to have a second baby. You're the first baby. Oh, don't touch the baby. Don't breathe on the baby. We don't take the baby out of the glass. Don't, don't touch the baby. Don't, don't get near the baby. We don't come to church because we don't want nobody to see the baby. Don't breathe on the baby. When you get your first baby, your second baby, you be like, oh, no, take the baby, put the baby in the parking lot. Go to movies, leave the baby home, it'd be all right. Leave a, leave a bowl of food out for him to eat. It's a new season. You enter a new season when you get a new house. You enter a new season when the kids leave the house. You enter a new season when the kids come back to the house. Parents, where you at? Say amen. 
New seasons are natural and they should be expected. By definition, listen, a season isn't a lot of time and a lot of time for something to happen. And oftentimes when we're entering a new season, you begin to think about the stuff that happened in the previous season, don't you? We start thinking about things that we've done or things that we have done and that we would do differently. Uh, people that we dated that we wish we never met. Um, say amen. Y'all know people like that. Habits we picked up that we wish we hadn't picked up. Purchases we made that were impulsive and that we should have made. Everyone and everything goes through seasons. Listen, we serve a God of seasons. Somebody say amen. And, 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 and our God uh, created seasons. God doesn't, God does things uh, at different times and in different ways in different seasons. And each season is different than another. But the key thing is to pay attention to your season. If you don't pay attention to your season, you will miss what God wants to do in that season. I'm thinking over the weekend, like Friday, I'm thinking, okay, God, what's, what, what would you have me to talk to your people about in this last Sunday? Think about this as the last Sunday in 2015, my last message in 2015. I can't believe we're in 2015. I'm by myself. I can't believe we're in 2015. Where did this year go? It just seemed like maybe four months ago we were in 2014. We're in 2015 already. I'm thinking, okay, God, what would you have me to say to your people and talk to your people in this last message? Never to come back this way again in 2015. And I want to talk to you today about changes and seasons. Got your pen? Three points I'm going to give you regarding new seasons. Three points. Real quick, real easy, real brief sermon, no problems. Point number one, a new season brings changes. Write that down. A new season brings changes. Point number two, a new season brings challenges. And number three, finally, a new season exposes champions. You'll see what I mean in just a minute. A new season brings changes. Number one, a new season brings challenges. Say amen. A new season exposes champions. I've titled this sermon Seasons in Our Lives. From 1 Kings chapter 2, we pick up in verse 1, saints. 1 Kings chapter 2, if you're looking at verse 1, I need you to say amen. amen. Now the days of David, thank you, drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God. So note this. If you've got your own Bible, underline, walk in his ways, keep his statutes and his commandments, his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper. Here's how you prosper. Are y'all with me? Here's how you prosper. That you may prosper in all that you do. And wherever you turn, you keep his commandments, you keep his just judgment, you keep his statutes, you keep his testimonies, and you will prosper wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Were you with me on Christmas Eve? If you were, you know that we, uh, we had an awesome time on Christmas Eve. It was just 
really, well, you know, Steve, just uh, three people. Amen. Five. Okay. We had, it was actually, I'm, I, I was actually shocked at the number of people who came to both services, weren't you? I was shocked. Both services was really well attended. And we had a really, really, really good time. And we talked about on Christmas Eve, Mary and Joseph, who brought Jesus into the temple to be presented before the Lord. And when they got to the temple, there were two very old people there, uh, Anna and Simeon. Uh, Simeon was 113 years old, and Anna was about 107 years old. And Anna lost her husband after being married for seven years. You find this in Luke chapter 2. Anna lost her husband after being married for seven years, and then for 84 more years, she served the Lord in the temple, fasting and praying and seeking God. And talking about seasons, you know, we live in a culture where we don't uh, want to accept the season that we're in. We live, it's sad that in our culture today, we don't want to accept the season of old age. We don't. People don't want to get old. Getting old is a blessing. Only the old people said amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm 55 years old. Hey, you know what? Honestly, I'm blessed to say I'm 55 years old because you know what? I, I tell you what, and then you can clap. I tell you what, it, because it's a blessing that God allowed me 55 years on this earth, that God has allowed me to live. That's a blessing from the Lord. And if you're 50 or 70 or 60, 70, 80, every year that you live is a blessing. Don't you understand? I'll wait while you clap your hands. Don't you understand that old age is a blessing? Why are this? Why are people in this country so afraid of old age? Yeah, more anti-aging creams on the market. Some of y'all got every one of them. You know you do. Where you at? All these anti-aging creams on the market is interesting, though. When you're younger. You want to be older. Am I right about it? (laughs) When you're younger, you want to be older. And when you're older, you want to be younger. When you're younger, it's a compliment to say, oh, you know, you don't look your age and you act so mature. You don't, you don't act your age. You don't look your age. You seem so mature. When you're younger, somebody says it to you, you go, oh, thank you. Wow. What'd you say? Say it again. Thank you so much. And, but when you're older, If you say, oh, you don't look your age, you look a whole lot older. You might be picking yourself up off the floor. I mean, it's not not a compliment because people are afraid of getting old. You know, I read this this little thing about uh, the seven stages of a man uh, that begins, your life begins with spills when you're a baby, to drills, to thrills, to bills, to ills, to pills, and then wills. (laughs) After the thrills, that's where things get rough, to bills. So in chapter 1, Solomon has been coronated king, and there's a great celebration. Chapter 2, we have David's final instructions to Solomon. As things begin to change and Solomon enters a new season in life, so David is old and on his deathbed in chapter 2. Chapter 1, if you want to look back there, you can. Chapter 1, verse 1 tells us that David was so old that he couldn't keep his body temperature up. 
David has ruled Israel for 40 years and has had a pretty good life. From a child, he served the Lord. He grew up as a man's man. Huh? David was a man's man. He killed giants and he ripped apart lions and killed bears and led troops into battle and risked his life on more than one occasion. David was a man's man and yet a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. David is now on his deathbed. This is a season as well. Did you hear me? Death is a season as well. He calls his son Solomon over to the bedside and he says, listen, Solomon, I go the way of all the earth. In other words, everybody is going to die. And then in verse three and four, if you're taking those, write this in your margin. Verse three and four is a powerful principle of prosperity. A powerful principle of prosperity. It's God's formula for prosperity. How do you prosper? You walk in his ways. You keep his statutes. You keep his commandments. You keep his judgments and his testimonies as they are written in the law of Moses. In other words, David tells Solomon, Solomon, study the word. Solomon, follow the word. And you will prosper in life. You know, it does amaze me that those... Uh, who, uh, I don't know, have you heard of the prosperity movement or the prosperity teaching that says uh, you can ask God for whatever you want, to name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, it's yours. Um, you know, just ask God for whatever you want and God will give it to you by faith. You just have to believe it and speak it into existence. I'm amazed at people who believe that and tell you, you know, what you have to do in order to be prosperous. They never take you to a verse like this that clearly tells us how we're to prosper in the Lord. We're to prosper in the Lord by walking in his ways. Can I get two people to say amen? By keeping his statutes. wait while you clap your hands. You walk in his ways and you keep his statutes and you keep his commandments. You keep his judgments and testimonies. This is how you prosper. Well, let's get to it. Point number one, a new season brings changes. So there's changes happening in Solomon's life. The man who had led Israel successfully for many years is dying. His dad the man people love, the lion slayer, the giant killer is dying. And Solomon is expected to fill his shoes. And I'm sure that Solomon was excited to be king, but at the same time, he probably was a little scared to be king. Because, the, that, because that's the nature of change, isn't it? We welcome it, but at the same time, we're afraid of it. People have a love-hate relationship with change. We love it and hate it at the same time. You want things to change because they really need to change, but at the same time, you want things to stay the same. You know, it just occurred to me, people are kind of the same way in relationships. It's very true. You want things to change because you know they need to change, but somehow you're afraid of the change because of the uncertainty. It's very true. Change brings uncertainty. And nobody likes uncertainty because uncertainty is also scary. I mean, think about it. When you're excited to get married, but will the marriage really work for you? We're excited to have children, but can I really raise godly children? We're excited about starting a new job, but can we really do the job? We're excited about what God is doing and, you know, uh, the prospects of, you know, uh, a parking lot and the prospects of the church growing and all of these things. But will the money and the finances and, and what will the growth require of us? Listen, you can't please God. Listen to me right here. 
You cannot please God unless you are willing to change. You can't please God unless you're willing to trust God. I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that says, For we walk by faith and not by what, saints? You know that. If you really want to trust God, you got to be willing to change. If you really want to walk with God, you got to be willing to walk by faith. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, you got to, you've got to do some things differently. And that requires you to move forward into uncertainty. I think of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For Solomon to grow and please God, watch this, something had to be removed. For Solomon, watch this, you're going to love it. For Solomon to grow and please God, something has to die. Did you get that? Something has to die. In this case, David. David needed to take a step through the veil of eternity so Solomon could grow and become the king that God wanted him to be. And the same is true for an individual and the same is true for a church. You know, I've been pastoring this church for 20 years now. You know that. And I'll tell you, change is most difficult, I find, most difficult for the people who have been here the longest, uh, even first service and even second service, uh, particularly I'm looking at two couples. Uh, one had been here for 15 years. The other had been here for 19 of the 20 years. Deb and Jeff Rudd have been here for 19 of the 20 years. And what is a blessing is that they are still here because change is difficult for people that have been in the church the longest because they've seen things change and maybe sometimes they like to change and maybe sometimes they don't like to change. And sometimes they, you know, they, and, and sometimes when you've been in the place for a long time, you fail to change with it. Uh-huh. Y'all pray for me. You fail to change with it. You, you gotta change with, you know, especially in church life. You gotta change with the church. You can't remain uh, the way you were 10 years ago because now there's a lot more people and a lot more ministries and a lot more things to do. And you've got to grow with the church. You can't almost stay in the place that you were because what will happen is you'll find yourself um, feeling alone in a very big church. You find yourself feeling alone. And it's very easy to feel alone in a very big church. People... You know, they have been here a long time. They, they, they've seen changes, and, 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 it's, and it's difficult for them sometimes. I, I realize that. But if God is going to continue to use the ministry, we've got to be open to change. Somebody say amen. We've got to move with God and move into that new season. Let's move on to point number two. A new season brings challenges. Now that Solomon is a new king, Solomon is faced with new challenges. And we find those challenges in the next chapter, I want you to go to chapter three with me. Come on. Y'all stay with me. Y'all all right. Amen. You already had your pancakes. You're probably fine. All right. First Kings chapter three. Look at chapter three. We're talking about the challenges that Solomon faces as a new king. I want you to look at first Kings chapter three and look at verse five. First Kings three. Look at verse five. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, look at this, y'all. Ask, what shall I give you? Will you underline that? Ask what I shall give you. 
And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. And you've continued this great kindness for for him, for you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But I am still a child. I do not know how to go out or come in. The idea is dot, dot, dot before your people. And your servant in verse eight is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I might discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? This speech, the Bible says, pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Now, saints, look at me. Give me your attention. Solomon is about 20 years old at this time. And God shows up. Did y'all pick this up? God shows up in a dream to a 20-year-old, and he says to him, he says, listen, Solomon, you can have whatever you want. Solomon, ask, and whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. Now, if you're 20 years old and God said you can have anything you want, what would you ask for? I want to be a rap star. I want more money, more money, more money, more money. I want popularity. God, I want a hoverboard. <laughs> Amen. Now, why are people doing this? Do you know what? We honestly live in a crazy culture. You give your child, you're just a lovely parent. You give your child a hoverboard. No one is going to blow up. You'll set your child on fire. I don't have to call the GPS or the, the uh, <laughs> what do you call it, the, the public service people? Or the, I call it GPS. <laughs> the, the government. <laughs> I didn't say government. I said the government. <laughs> and, oh, bad parent. Why? They're blowing up. Kids are like riding by on fire. Hey, mom, I'm having a good time. It's like stupid. I mean. But if you were 20 years old and God said, you can have whatever you want, you know what I'd ask God for? I'd ask God for my own lane on the I-40. I know I'm on to something. Ask God for my own lane on the I-40. I'm just going wherever I want to go. Nobody can get in my lane. If you get in my lane, then a drone just poof. I think I'm on to something. I would love this. God said, Solomon, whatever you want, I will give it to you. I want you to notice, look at verse 7, what Solomon said. Solomon said, God, you've made me king. I am young. I don't know how to rule your people. So God, give me wisdom. In verse 11, God said, because you didn't ask for money, because you didn't ask for your own lane on I-40, or anything selfishly, you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, God said, I'm going to give you wisdom and a whole lot more. Verse 13, I'm going to give you riches and honor like no one has ever seen or heard. Solomon, listen, understood the challenge that he faced in this season of change was leading God's people. And I know from firsthand as a pastor, that is a challenge. 
Leading God's people is a challenge because sheep have sharp teeth. Y'all say amen. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Sheep have sharp teeth. They really do. And, and sometimes it's difficult many times for a pastor to lead a church. You know, I was talking to Miss Elvira and I was telling her, I was saying, you know, I don't care you know, sometimes we let denominational differences separate us, and that's unfortunate because I think that we have more in common than we have un- in, not in common. We have more in common in that we believe that Jesus came in the form, the babe born in Bethlehem, grew up and became a man, and he died on the cross for our sins, and they buried him in a damp, dark uh, tomb and, and he rose again on the third day and, and we all believe that whether you're Presbyterian or you're Lutheran or you're Episcopalian or you're Baptist or you're Pentecostal or you're Bapticostal or you're Calvary Chapelite whatever it is we all believe that and, and I look at pastors ministers who have been in ministry for 20, 30, 40 50 years I honestly I respect that uh, even if we disagree on some things the- theologically. Now, if, if it gets to the point of heresy, we, we, we got a problem. But, but I respect that because it is, having now done it for 20 years, I'm surprised I'm still here. I'm more surprised I'm still here than you are. You're like, I'm really surprised you're here. No, I'm more surprised that I'm here because it's difficult. Leading God's people can be a challenge. Getting people to serve in the ministry can be a real challenge. You know, me, me, now I, we've been blessed. Here at Calvary Chapel, I'm going to tell you something. We have really been blessed. We have a great staff and we have wonderful pastors who really work hard to do the work of the ministry. Oh, I need everybody in this room to clap your hands and say amen. They really do. They, they really work hard. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.